Do you fear the zombie uprising? Are you prepared to survive what's coming? If you listen very carefully, you might just make it out alive. This is Zompocalypse Now. Two hours of television to get through. <laughs> and I drove all the way from St. Louis today. I'm tired. Folks, this is Zompocalypse Now. Yes. And I am Tim. And I'm Dustin. And this is... We've been abandoned by Mindy and Curtis because I don't think either one of them can handle handle it. Can't handle the Teen Wolf. Well, there were a couple of moments tonight I was like, what, what? is going on here? We have not forgotten Fear of the Walking Dead, by the way. No. But it is... Here's the, here's the reality of how this works. Um, Dustin's kids go to bed by nine. Yes. And that means, and unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on your point of view, uh, both Teen Wolf and Fear the Walking Dead and The Walking Dead are really not appropriate shows for kids there. Right. Well, it's questionable whether or not they could watch Teen Wolf. It is teenage werewolves. But there was a, there's a fair amount of blood and violence. Blood and violence, mainly, yeah. yeah. So... We wait until the kids are in bed before we sit down and watch this stuff. At 9 o'clock. Right. Which means we're cramming uh, whatever shows we have in during that, you know, any period after that. We both have jobs on Monday morning to go to. And something like last week, where it was two hours of Fear the Walking Dead and an hour of Teen Wolf. And then tonight, where it's an hour of Fear the Walking Dead and two hours of Teen Wolf. Right. Three hours of shows... And then maybe we managed to pull off 30 minutes per show. Right, because we're chatters. We are. Um, and it's like we're going, nah. uh, you know, that's... that's so the- we've decided, what we ultimately have decided to do is since there's only two or three episodes of Teen Wolf left, we're going to finish those out. And then we're going to go back and, and catch up on Walking Dead. Right. Now, I have watched the first two episodes of this Fear of the Walking Dead since it came back. I haven't. And you will be definitely gripped by the land management and water management uh, storyline. And that's actually potentially true. It's for a show that I can legitimately say has its biggest strength and its biggest weakness is that it's a show about people not about the zombies, yeah. yeah. And Fear the Walking Dead has the Walking Dead's problem with that in spades. So your mileage may vary. Anyway, we will be get we will be getting back to Fear of the Walking Dead and then of course The Walking Dead, October twenty second, oh, I believe. Uh, oh jeez, oh gosh. So it's coming up here. So anyway. That's the stuff. We uh <laughs> we did watch Teen Wolf tonight and, and that's two, not I, even including like like Supergirl and all that. Oh, other. there's so many other things. Okay. So many shows. Too much shows. Too many. Too, too much shows. We come into the first part of this episode. I'm like, wait a minute. Did we have a time jump? Did I? Did I? Am I lost? <laughs> they're listening to a message on a phone, and I had to remind Tim that they found the phone next to a dead Arby's monster. Right. This did um, not register in any way, shape, or form. Right. So they they found the phone. 
next to the dead Arby's monster and listening to a message uh, by some woman. And Liam recognizes the voice as the chemistry teacher who's been kind of, you know, lurking about in the background. So they go to confront her, like, you know... Liam wants to like, trick her into to showing that she's a werewolf, but... Well, they think she, she's the other half of the Arby's monster. Oh, yeah. They think that she's the other half of the Padukadoo. Because this thing, you know, when, when with their powers combined... Uh, Both Liam and Scotty are not very smart. No. So, <laughs> so Liam goes to class and gets, his, gets a lab partner from hell, the tall brunette, terrible teenager. <sighs> uh, and... All right, so many of these, so many moments in this, in this, both of these episodes were played for comedy. Yeah, and it was really weird because, first of all, it wasn't funny, right? Because <laughs> the thing that irritates me, that's been irritating me a little bit, is leave town and never come back. Except we know you're still in town, and we're not going to chase you down. Right, like everyone in town knows that it's Liam and Scotty and Lydia. And poor Mason and his Corey, his boyfriend, who shows up occasionally, mm-hmm. and Malia are like the pack. They know that, and Theo sort of. And every episode has been a reveal that there's some other werewolf just lurking around that nobody ever mentioned before. Yeah. It's like, hey, that girl in chem class, she's a werewolf too. Who, I had no who, idea. Who knew? We all have incredibly advanced senses of smell. We can't smell our own. See, I think that the show would have benefited a little bit. Well, it's a double-edged sword because you don't want to do it like the like Highlander, where like what is as Russell soon McKay? as you, you showed up, you the quickening tingled. And... Now you do have to say that that actually would be really cool though, because Russell McKay, uh, who directed the original Highlander, uh-huh. is the executive producer and often the director of the episodes of this show. Oh, uh, so just so you know, in case you. Uh, had not caught that. There are moments, anytime you see a really, really cool visual effect, I keep thinking to myself, that's a Russell McKay show. Yeah. <laughs> now, this show would benefit from a Queen soundtrack. They, but they've been doing some good songs. Yeah. Uh, the Blood and the Cut, which is one of my favorite, like, sing along the car songs. Yeah, but it's a terrible mix. Uh, it was t- yeah, it was a bad mix, and it was during the Malia Scotty love scene. Well, well, again, but Dustin, like, Dustin oh, would curl up in a ball on the couch, just, you know, whimpering, saying, "No, no, why, no?" Okay, but it was I'm yeah, over it. it's a great song, but it was a really bad cut of the song. I'm over it now. The show's gonna do what the show's gonna do, and it was a tasteful sex scene for yeah. uh, for MTV love making. Okay, so. Um, Essentially what happens in episode one of tonight's thing is Scotty and Liam and the chem teacher spend almost the entire time in the classroom trying to convince her to, like, tell us you're a f***ing werewolf so that we could, like... And she goes, I don't know what you're talking about. And then he's like, you're... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Scotty, being the most tactful and, and kind-hearted soul, is like, your family's dead. You know yeah. that, right? And she's like, no. <laughs> I was not aware. Thanks for breaking it to me, kid. Yeah, but well, he he was super upset about it. He was. He was. Um, and so the only person that they didn't recognize in the pile of dead bodies was Quinn, who, if you remember, was one of the... She was randomly... Gwen. Quinn. Gwen with a G. Whatever. She was randomly in an episode like four episodes ago. 
Right. With a siege on the on the police station. She was in the siege. Turns out she's the daughter of the other uh, The chemistry teacher. Yeah. Oh, what a kawinky dink. And also, she's the other half of the Kumite monster. Well, yes, because it has taken her form. The Arby's monster took her form. Okay, you know, I every time I think about how this, how these pieces come together, uh-huh. so you end up with these things in town, and they don't know how to find it. I, I just, this is definitely a do not stare directly at the plot show, but there's also do not stare directly at the subplot. Yeah. Or the mechanics. The mechanics of so a lot of this, both these episodes, did not work. Then suddenly it's night. Yeah. And then the they call the daughter. Yeah. Don't come to the school. Right. And she, of course, comes to the school. The door throw. You know, the door clangs open and leaves blowing down the hall. It's very dramatic. Mm-hmm. Then mom, mom chemistry teacher, blasts the kids with the same powder dust. Of yeah. The, the, the wolf spaying. And she runs into the hall. And she sees her not daughter, and her not daughter's like, uh, hi, I'm your not daughter? Yeah. And she's like, no! And her no. not daughter st- stabs her with her finger at knives, and... Yeah. And, uh... And then Liam chases her out to the library. Unfortunately, the other kid is there. Uh... He was downstairs in the sewer system. I have figured this out, by the way. That's not actually water or moisture on the floor. They just painted the floor with a glossy coat. Oh. Because we have two people in the in these tunnels with white sneakers on. One of them has on white pants. Mm-hmm. They stay white sneakers and white pants throughout all of this. And that's not how water works. No, he gets met. He's pretty gross when it's crawling on the floor. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's just high-gloss coat. <laughs> well, anyway. Um, so, so They run into him down there. Yeah. The, whatever it's called, the monster, the two pints of the monster get together. And the Arby's monster. The Ar- yeah, they're no longer the Arby's monster, though. Now they're the purple glow and eyes monster. Well, now they're a Medusa. Right. Yeah, so the bit in the basement, in, in the basement, the bit in the tunnels, it's the basement, I guess, sure. Mason and Theo go down there. And they're having a heart-to-heart where, I don't like you, I don't trust you. Uh, well, I don't like you. I want to be part of the pack. Well, we don't want you to be part of the pack because you're a jerk face. And he goes, yeah, well, I know. And it's okay. And then all of a sudden it's, you know, teenage monster boy out of the darkness and fight. And people are wounded, you know, there's wounds and things, and they have a little bonding moment. Yeah. It's like, well, we can we can only get out of here by working together and stuff. <laughs> and then so the boy half of the monster runs up to the school, and the girl half of the monster... And the girl, they fight. Yes. They don't just come together. First they come together, and they have the kiss. Right. And I looked at Dustin, and I said, this kiss is full of spiders. And he said, stop, stop it. it. <laughs> Stop it with saying that. And I'm like, "Eh, okay. And then, after they kiss each other, they fight each other for a reason of some kind. Dominant. They, well, that's how they come together. One has to kill the other. Okay, sure. Sure. Sounds great. And she beats on him, and he beats on her, and then she beats on him, and then he breaks her neck. Uh Uh-huh. And then he absorbs her spiders, I guess. And then he, he... Becomes the mouthless, creepy, glowing, purple-eyed 
monster. And right. Now he's like, he's now in his Super Saiyan form. It's and he's a Medusa. I mean, that's that's what high. he is. He's uh, he's tall and scary, and apparently he's he's able to wear a teenage boy's clothes that are for someone who's much shorter and smaller than he is. But whatever, whatever. And his power again. He like he is a Medusa. He turns yeah. people to stone. And if the, you look at him, yeah. And and that's and at the end of the episode. Uh, he goes and turns a bunch of people to stone and he finds Gerard. Oh, we skipped the whole thing with the Malia and Lydia. Uh, C-plot tonight was super special. Oh, God, yes. Malia and Lydia go up to the, to the hospital to try and revive the, the other hellhound, but they can't because, number one, they don't know how the little bullet tongs work. They think the best way to get the bullet out is to put him in the MRI machine and suck it out with the magnet. Okay, again, he is a corpse in a drawer in the terrifyingly underlit morgue. Right. Now, because he is a werewolf creature thing, uh-huh. death is an inconvenience. You know, it's a, it's, a, it's a feature, not a bug. Right. And so, they figure out that they take the bullet out Oh well, it's no, uh, you know, there's there's a whole banshee mind meld thing right. going on, which is a interesting sequence. which is a pretty cool effect. It's a neat neat thing, and and basically she's able to realize that he's still alive in there, even though his body says he's dead. Right, and they got to get the bullet out of it. Okay, so again, my day job is. With pathologists. Right. I'm in and out of hospitals all the time. None of this is right, by the way. Everything that happens this episode is entirely wrong. Well, I'm (laughs) just an adult who, like, wanders around blindly through the world, and I know you can't remove a bullet with an MRI machine. No, and yes, it would be so much simpler if you just got a set of tongs and pulled it out of his head, and then sat there and went, oh, hey, look, there's silver on this bullet. Uh Uh-oh. As opposed to... Somehow figuring out how to run an MRI machine. Right. I've act- I'm sorry. Okay. Start with having access to the MRI machine room. Uh-huh. Then figure out how to run it from pulling the operations manual down from the internet. Okay. The yeah. internet is a beautiful thing. It's also a terrible thing. It's where we keep all of our porn and anger. But <laughs> it is also... And yes, you can get manuals for just about anything. But I guarantee you that if you want to be a certified MRI technician... There's a lot more to it than just reading the manual. Right. But sure, whatever. So then they look at the scans, and despite having no real way to tell this at all, it's like, oh, wait, that, that's silver. Right. If we pull the bullet out of his brain... He'll heal. He'll wake up. But then the silver will kill him. Right. And that was one of the, like, okay, sure, sure. No, oh, sure. I mean, it has to be. We'll just have to take your word That's for what it. The I mean, you're a 19 year old. You're an 18 year old girl <laughs> who learned how to run an MRI machine on on her phone. So, so yeah. you know, and so there's a little moral quandary moment where they're like, "Should we do it? He's got information we need, and he's hot. Well, he's gonna die immediately. I know. Like, he's got information we need. Should we do it? And then, uh, um, so they do. And it's, uh... And that's not how bullets work yeah. in MRIs. And 
and things happen. No one, of course, comes to hear the sound, you know, the, that sound or that path the power goes out, then it comes back on. No one jumps yeah. to check it out. All these things, of course. But nobody works at the hospital until later in the in the second episode where they do. Yeah. But anyway. Whatever. So he doesn't, he's like, what have you done to me? And they're like, well, you were kind of dead. And so now we're going to brought you back so you can die again. And he's like, that's not very nice. And they're like, you need to help us explain how to, tell us how to kill the scene. He's like, you can't. And I like, trapped it. That's what I did. I trapped it. Yeah. But you can't kill it. And all the way, the way, don't look at it because, you know, that'll suck. And they're like, um, I suppose that this was useful information. And he's like, was it useful enough that I have to die? And they're kind of like, well, that's what the script says. Don't really have any choice. He starts bleeding out silver through the eyes and out through the nose. That's a lot of silver. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a lot of silver. It's a, you know, it's, as far as effects go, it gets the point across, but, I mean, if that's what silver has come out of his brain, how big was that bullet? I mean, it was pretty big. I guess. So, he dies, and they feel bad about it, but they have they have information, and it, you know, at the end of the episode, you have dead guards and dead hospital people, and a yeah. Medusa on the loose. Male Medusa, Medusa on the loose. Medusa on the loose. Medusa. A Medusa. Oh, God, we're not doing that. No, a Medusa on the loose. Medusa. It's going to be Medusa. That's terrible. It's Medusa. I will not allow that to be the thing we call it. <laughs> So anyway, the next episode, oh, so at the end of that episode, like, there's been a lot of fighting, and Scotty's, like, got blood on him, and he's trying to wash it off, and Malia goes in the bathroom with him, and she's like, you know what, you've got a lot of blood on you, maybe you should just take a shower, and so he's like, okay, and she's, like, just standing there, and he, she's like, what, you see me naked, which is true, she used to have a real problem keeping clothes on, because she was very used to being naked as a wolf. Sure, right. And so he like it's it's totally you know what this I think caught really accurately some teenage stuff mm-hmm. because almost like a dare he like takes his shirt off mm-hmm. and then she takes her shirt off the next thing you know they're in the shower like rubbing all up on each on each other they are technically teenagers yes teens who are wolves all right so love is in the air da 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 <laughs> yeah whatever. <laughs> So anyway, second episode, uh, Argent goes to Brazil to track down Derek Hale, which he does. And he encounters a cop who has basically been taking uh, stories from the school, the Kaiser Soze school of, of exaggeration. Yeah. So, you know, this guy was 12 feet or 8 feet tall and killed dozens of men. Yeah. And it's like, it well... 20 men. Uh, you got to excuse me, guys. I uh, drove here. For, I've had it's my birthday weekend. Yes, I, was, I turned thirty nine on Saturday, and uh, I am went and spent it in St. Louis with my best friend. Sorry, and I am drove back today and then wrangled the children for several hours, and so I'm pretty tired. Yeah, well, we're on, we're on the second episode. We don't uh, have, we don't have far to go. We're in the final. <laughs> so. So he basically sits there and here's the, the legend of, of uh Derek Hale. Derek Hale. And I'm I'm torn. The name of this the name of this episode may actually be Hale Hale, the gang's all here, because it's kind of a reunion episode. Uh-huh. Because Argent sits there and uh Argent finds Derek. Right. And they quip and there's even 
Because even after last week, where we sat there and pointed out how nobody in this show uses phones, mm -hmm. the question, you know, he goes, he looks at him and goes, you could have called. Well, you don't have a phone. You're right, I should get one of those. Uh -huh. It's like, okay, it's banter. Are we bantering now? Is that what's happening in this yeah. show? And this entire... Well, Lydia and Peter banter. Exactly. This, this this was the banter episode. So, uh, anyway, in, in, in the Arjun Hale storyline, they, they're going to go... They're looking for something, some poison that could kill Gerard. Um, because uh, years ago, uh, in season two of this show, when Gerard first showed up, he had, he had like, stage four lung cancer and he was going to die. Right. And so he wanted to become a werewolf to stave off death. Not, and he'd been a werewolf under his whole life. He wasn't actually, like, he, he just wanted to live. Mm-hmm. And uh, so at the end of the episode, he got bitten, but uh, instead of becoming a werewolf, all this black ooze started coming out of him. Well, it turns out that uh, that Scotty had done something like put wolfsbane in something that he drank mm -hmm. before he became a werewolf. Oh, okay. And so the wolfsbane was fighting off the werewolfness. Okay, sure. And so, so now he doesn't have cancer anymore, but he's got black ooze coming out of all of his orifices. And so the next time we see Peter Hale, or not Peter Hale, uh, Jugger Argent, um, like through two years later, he's been in a nursing home this whole time because he can't get the black ooze to stop coming out of his ears and his mouth and his nose and his eyes and, you know, all of his parts. And so... That sounds like he should be in a... <sighs> medical research center and doctors going this is wrong yeah so well anyway they use this orchid serum to cure him mm -hmm. so he'll give some information uh which again you know doesn't necessarily work out so great because they're gonna fight against the beast and argent right so okay so they're going to find this poison uh but they also have to find this bottle of wolfsbane like magic wolfsbane yeah, or something some, something or whatever and just as they are getting ready to get it and and go back to the states and because he's talking back to going back to beacon hill suddenly lights burst in and it's the fbi and they're surrounded except they're two only two guys and they're killed immediately because a woman i have never seen before shows up and it's like hi guys I'm back, and I'm like, who the hell are you? And it's, it's like Kate Argent, okay. who was the villain of season one. She's the one who killed the the Hale werewolves, even though they were not they were peaceful, or they, so even though they were peaceful, she killed all the Hale werewolves. Then she became a were jaguar and and tried to take over with like a berserker monsters or something. It was, it was a whole thing, right? Kate's another one of those people that pops up every once in a while just to cause trouble. And so, so, she, so she shoots them. And Derek's like, "You go back to Beacon Hills. I'll be there. I'll be there for the finale." Bye. <laughs> and he like runs off into the woods. Oh wait! After he bantered. All right. There was more banter. Yeah, he bantered with Kate a little bit. They used right. to have a thing, a, a penis and vagina thing. That would be my general expectation yes. of what that relationship was. Yes. So anyway, um, that was C plot. Right. The plot of this episode was Lydia and Derek Kale. Lydia's had a terrible nightmare where she woke up going, where's Jackson? And of course, Jackson was kidnapped by uh, the guidance counselor from hell. 
two episodes ago, along with his boyfriend, Ethan. And Ethan's being used as a prop by the guidance counselor to get more people to give, to join the army. But Jackson's vanished. And so right. Peter shows up at Scotty's house. Peter Hale shows up at Scotty's house to find uh, Malia. And Lydia shows up there to find Scott so they can go find Jackson. And the two of them... What did they figure out? Well, they figured out that their dialogue was basically what the writers were thinking in that scene. Oh, right. <laughs> They're like, why are you here? Well, this is why. Well, why are you here? Okay. Why didn't you call them? Well, why didn't you call them? Why do we have to come here and meet like this? <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's, again, it's banter. Yeah. It's like, we, we reached our banter. We have not met our banter quotient, and we need more banter on this show. So essentially, Lydia's dream, Lydia's vision is that everyone is going to get killed by the, the Medusa. Mm hmm. Oh, God, stop. I thought <laughs> we're not using that. And, uh, and, and so they go to find uh, Scotty and Malia, who are being trained by Deucalion in how to fight without eyes. Okay. So this whole sequence involves them realizing they can't look at the Medusa guy and. Medusa. Stop. <laughs> and so they go to the one person they know who can fight blind and they go to him and say this is what's going on he says you've got how long and it's about 24 hours and he goes that's not actually a possible thing that can yeah. happen and they're like well what do you want to do and he goes oh I'll, I'll train you how to do it because um, we have time for a montage sequence don't we sure why not and Every time they completely fail at doing something they have no training in doing, yeah. he rolls his eyes, even though he knows that they, this is not yes, actually this a possible thing. not going to work. So it's, it's the, the nonverbal equivalent of banter, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. It's just... Although I will say that he was teaching them to do different things, echolocation, and then to use their werewolf senses as almost like heat vision and Malia was really good at that the heat vision thing and then later Scotty blind is like blindfolded and does a thing and like he figures out how to fight a little bit but it's not too long because about the time Peter Hale and Lydia show up to be like it's all a trick um the guidance counselor and a bunch of guys are there and they kill Deucalion and uh and fire at will at everyone else, which sucks. Oh, and something happens with Styles with Sheriff Zelensky. So he's got his he's got his underground lair. Yeah, because everyone's got an underground lair. And then uh, Deputy Deputy, what's his name? Uh, Parish. Deputy Parish. Thank you. Deputy Parish is apparently, despite the fact that everyone knows that he is in fact a werewolf, a hellhound. Hellhound. Sorry. He's a supernatural creature. They haven't fired him or chased him out of town yet because he's still painted into his uniform. Dustin's <laughs> yeah, yeah. like, why is he still wearing his uniform? And I said, I said, well, his strippergram job is still going on. He can't just, you know, leave that behind. Right. So, apparently, yeah, okay, he goes in and there's a call to the to the crazy institution. Yeah. And it's obviously a trap and Stalinsky says... Uh, you don't have to go, you know? And he's, he's like, yes, I do. And he's like, why? They know what you are. Because the plot. And, yeah. The plot says I have to go. And we have a scene where there's a discussion of Crystal Knocked and the whole 
the night of the of the glass knives with the Nazis right. and and how everything's building up to this massive thing, but it's so overcomplicated. This entire plan is massively overcomplicated. We haven't even talked about Liam and what's his name and the other three werewolves hooked up to Wolfsbane. That all happened oh, at the end of the episode. Yeah, so. So little blonde evil kid has, of course, had the change of heart. Yes. For all the good it's going to do him. Right. The heel face turn is, he's doomed anyway. Right. And he comes to Liam and he says, I've been a terrible person. I might be able to help you. I'm not going to exactly tell you. I'm going to do the whole... Let me show you it. Right. Despite the fact that in any reasonable situation, Liam should have grabbed him and went... No, you're going to tell me. Yeah. And shook him until his head popped off. Little, little <laughs> weasel. And instead they go to the hospital where little blonde kid points out that everybody there, all these people, were at the meeting where everyone was getting armed and terrible, you know, the whole, we're going to destroy all the werewolves speech. Uh-huh. Happened. Later in the episode, we before Dekillian dies, Scotty has the speech where he basically says... I believe people are good, mm-hmm. and I don't believe. I believe this fear, the fear monster is causing this. I don't right. believe this is what these people feel in their heart. And Deucalion says, "What if the fear monster is just giving people the, the the excuse to do things that they always wanted to do?" Right. And Scotty's like, "No, I don't believe that." Well, I think that's a very possibly the case, especially when it comes to uh, to the black haired kid. I think he always was kind of a. Well, there's certain. I mean, there's certainly villains here. There's certainly terrible people in this town, but at the same time, it is such. It's an entire, you know, all these people who have clearly known that half the town is werewolves, right? And have been fighting monsters on yeah. their behalf. You know, you can't get around that. There's, you know, these people can't be that stupid. Mm. But in any event. He's pointing out that all these people were there. And then he takes him to this room instead of where, you know, not, not with Jackson, which I was kind of expecting yeah. to find Jackson. There's other werewolves in beds and they're being kept sedated with Wolfsbane. And um, Liam is like, get some people down here. Get Corey. Y'all call Corey. He's been standing, standing in a hallway by himself for the last three episodes. <laughs> call Corey and 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 Mason and get down here to figure out what we're gonna do with these werewolves, and then the blonde kid's like, "I'm out. I'm leaving. Thanks for all your help. Thanks for not beating me up." And he goes, and unfortunately, black-haired teen is in there. He's like, "You're not going anywhere because this was all we knew you were." It's the plan yeah, all along. The plan You're all the along. bait. You're the bait to make them be the baits, and now I'm going to beat the your pootoot. And it's a fairly it's a fairly unpleasant little scene there. Yeah. He, he brutally beats him, and either the kid is dead at this point, or um, he will be out of commission until right. we won't see him again, right. one way or another, or we'll see him in a hospital bed or something. Anyway, so clearly it's a trap, and anyone who comes to the hospital ends up being a, a yeah. part of the trap. And so the villains show up with guns at the hospital. And they basically, you know, hopefully nobody is on intensive care in right. the hospital because they, they turn off the power. Turn off the power. I well, just... and Mom McCall is in there still, I'm sure. Oh, sure. Well, she'll have her die. Oh, wait. She can have her diehard moment. <laughs> <laughs> the only one who knows. 
what's going on in this hospital. That, that would be that would be kind of awesome. <laughs> um, so Gerard has made a deal with with Medusa Man. Yeah, and so he's gonna. It's all just gonna be building up to the the grand finale of of blood and guts and violence and yeah. destruction. And I, you know, maybe they burn the town down at this point. Maybe, probably not. Probably not. I think that it's this is one of those things where it's gonna kind of. They're going to reset the status quo, and Beacon Hills is going to end up going back to a town where everybody knows they're supernatural creatures, but nobody really talks about it because, you know, the supernatural creatures don't really hurt anyone. Oh, sure. Well, Well, yes, occasionally there's like a a killing spree. It happens, you know, once a year (laughs) there's a killing spree. But But that's the price you pay for a prosperous community. Yes, it's a bedroom community. There's got to be some excitement. Property values are pretty good here. Property values we... are great. And the taxes? Can I just talk about taxes? And if 10, 15, maybe 20 of us have to die every year? Yeah. Well, you know, I didn't like that just, guy anyway. It's 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 not a mandatory curfew, but, you know, if you <laughs> maybe are home by 9 o'clock at night, you're not going to be... Yes, yes. As soon as school lets out, the sun goes down and it's black, pitch black at night outside. Yes, that's a problem. As soon as the last bell for school rings, pitch black outside. We should figure out. And it's really hard to get actual medical care in the hospital because there's only one employee. Right. Except for special episodes, in which right. case Occasionally, you, you can't move through space in the hospital without running into somebody. There's like maybe three people on staff normally, but like every fourth or fifth day there's like 70 or 80. And apparently they're on a rolling power system there because half the hospital is in fact in darkness at all times. <laughs> so other than that... Oh, and their MRI machine blew up and no one knows why. Other than that... Oh. <laughs> oh, and nobody can explain to us why the entire town has bunkers underneath. It. Just, <laughs> but again, property value... Your house comes, your house comes with a bunker. <laughs> That's right. You get a bunker. <laughs> So just be like okay with it. Yeah. So it's an odd little town that apparently is okay with that, except yeah. when they're not, and they want to kill all the people who've been basically saving their lives for the last five and a half years. Sure. Uh, this whole thing. I mean, okay. Again, I'm enjoying this show, as ridiculous as it is, as overly complicated as it is right now. There are moving parts on this show that are existing just so you can bring back people from previous seasons of the show. But it is entertaining nonsense. Right. It's not, and it's not nearly as cuckoo bananas as Dead of Summer was. Oh, well, Dead, like, Dead of Summer knew it was cuckoo bananas and <laughs> embraced its cuckoo bananas because it was meant to be the whole. You they know, expect you to feel something. Teen Wolf wants you to feel something for the characters. That's true. Like, Den of Summer did not care if you liked anyone. Well, but Den of Summer is, you know, it fit, it fit the, the teen slasher movie emotional beats that don't really right. exist. They're like, oh no, I think you're pretty. I think you're pretty too. Kiss, kiss, oh, murder, monster, oh, you know. So there's a little more time to work with this here. Yeah. But anyway, it's, almost over it's almost over and it's just bizarre and odd and and 
again, do not stare directly at any of it. You're going to go blind. Uh, so anyway, we will be back next week with more Zompocalypse Now. And we will get you caught up on Fear of the Walking Dead as we also as we come to the end of, of Teen Wolf. Yes. Um, we will be... Goodness, uh, I think Fear of the Walking Dead will take us all the way up to The Walking Dead. I think we'll yes, be okay. Yes, we should. Uh, but uh, it's it's zombies all the way down from uh, very quickly here. Uh-huh. So, yay. <laughs> yeah. All right, folks. Thank you for listening to us here on Zompocalypse Now. We hope you check out our other podcasts on Sci-Fi For Me Radio. And we'll be back next week with more Zompocalypse Now and the Wolves that are teens. Thank you, Dustin. Thank you, Tim. I'll see you guys next week. This has been a presentation of HorrorForMe.com. Copyright 2017 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. You're listening to Horror For Me Radio. <laughs>